Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And before we get going, this is a Ducksmas uh, edition of the podcast. So I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as well. Hope everybody has a good holiday and a safe holiday uh, in the next you know two weeks. But uh, we're going to get to the Ducks now. We're going to break down everything on the show. We've got uh, the three segments that we've kind of been doing lately. We'll get you caught up on all the games. The Ducks had two back-to-back road game uh, scenarios that we'll talk about. Plenty of injury news and roster news. Uh, There's just a ton of stuff to cover with this team in the last uh, week or so. So we'll get to all that. Uh, In the second segment, we'll talk about the Ducks, what's going uh, well and what's not going so well, which obviously there's some of... uh, you know, some consternation going on with the way the Ducks have been playing and some of you are, are, are pretty upset and we understand we're going to address that. We're also going to talk about a trade the Ducks made, uh, not really a, a big one, but a minor league uh, type deal. Uh, we'll answer some good fan questions we had this week and talk about a fan poll as well. And then we'll finish the show off with all our league news uh, as the third segment. So with that, let's get to what's going on with this team, Eddie. The Ducks, since we la- uh, talked on the last show, they went on the road. They had a series of back-to-back games. They played Philly and New Jersey. They ended up uh, losing both of these games. But all kinds of stuff going on, really, in this first game against Philly. Uh, a lot of uh, themes, I guess you'll say, in this one. But uh, the Ducks... Got down early, uh, 2-0 in this game in the second period. They did get a power play goal from Raquel, as we talked about before. The power play has been hot on the last show, uh, but they did give up a couple more goals in the third. They ended up losing this one 4-1. But a whole lot of stuff happened in this, Eddie, as far as we had the uh, Kasha brothers dueling it out in this one. We had uh, Delorier and Stewart fight it out in this game. Uh, another a theme we've been talking about, the Anaheim Ducks Fight Club, is, is in full effect. The Ducks got a lot of fights these last uh, four games as well. And a lot of injuries too. Uh, what did you think about this game, the overall play? Uh, the Ducks had 41 shots on goal. They had opportunities, but uh, they ended up losing this one despite getting a power play goal. I don't think they they didn't play that bad this game. I mean, it, it was an okay game. They came out strong in the first period. Uh, there was no goals. It just they seemed to have a lot more control. They made Carter Hart stand on his head. Uh, they almost caught him on a few mistakes, but he he was just he got there quick enough. It was kind of funny to see uh, both of the brothers playing against each other and hearing it from the announcers like, "Oh wait, what?" But um, unfortunately, uh, the uh, one other brother got the the win. The other one didn't. And one scored and one didn't, but one tried his ass off, so that was pretty good. But I think the main factor in this game was goaltending. Uh, Carter Hart stood in his head, and he he showed he, he he showed why he's the reason he's the Flyers' future goaltender, like top goaltender. He he just played unbelievable, and I, I think this was one of those wins that were the Ducks gave it their all. They came out there strong, but they just didn't go their way. And you can't really be upset about this game, like I always say. If you could play a game where you can just hold your head up high, I think this is one of the games you can do that. Yeah, I didn't think it was a terrible game. Uh, one questionable thing we, I believe we talked about in the last podcast was the Ducks did bring up Larson. They sent Mahura down. 
I don't know why they did that. Um, you know, we haven't been too critical of uh, Dallas Aikens this year, uh, other than some of the personnel, you know, late-minute games we've talked a little bit about. But this move kind of puzzled me because Larson came up and did not have a good game. Uh, he was a minus two in this one. A lot of the defensemen were minus two, granted. But he didn't play well, and Mahura had been playing well. So I didn't like that move, and I thought that kind of hurt the team in, in this one. Uh, I, I don't know. That was just something that kind of frustrated me. I'm not really sure why they did that. But the the bad thing is the Ducks had a lot of injuries in this game that happened. Uh, we saw uh, Arkasha get hit into the boards, get shaken up. He was able to come back and finish the game. Uh, Grant got hurt in this game. Uh, a lot of this news we found out uh, later on after the game happened. But uh, Grant's out at least four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. We saw the kneeing play with Troy, Troy Terry, which was just ugly. And now he's out, they're saying at least 10 weeks, which is unfortunate because here we are, we're sitting at the end of December. You're looking at January, February, uh, maybe the beginning of March. And realistically, the way the Ducks are playing right now, that's probably going to be the end of the season. I mean, we all know that they're at the bottom of the Pacific. I mean, granted, uh, San Jose and the Kings are also on the bottom and they're not that far out of a playoff spot but they are at the bottom so to me with Terry I, I don't know if I'd even play him if he comes back in March uh, that's kind of my take on that situation and then Larson also was out day-to-day as well uh, you know like I said did not have a really good game in this one they brought him up so uh, I think that was the bigger part yeah the Ducks lost four to one as you said Eddie I didn't think the score really indicated the way it went. I mean, uh, Philly had a, a, a late goal, obviously, to ice it with the empty netter, and they also had a third-period goal in the beginning of that final frame to give them the lead. But it was 2-1 to one going in the third. I, you know, and the Ducks, like I said, they put on 41 shots, pretty even in the face-offs. I, I thought they had a chance to maybe rally and come back in this one. You even had, you know, Delorier trying to get the team pumped up, uh, fighting it out with Stewart, which, by the way, Delorier still leads the league in fights. He's got eight. Uh, he has another one later in this week we'll talk about as well. So a ton of stuff going on in this one, Eddie. I, I just really think the worst part about it was all the injuries that came out of it. Oh, definitely. It was just unfortunate about Terry's situation. I think that that call should have been a, uh, a review and should have been a suspension. He he stuck his knee out and he caught Terry and Terry's out like he he's gone and there was no no supplemental punishment for uh, Obey Cubell uh, throwing that knee and, and he he threw about uh, a few late hits too. I believe he uh, he hit Larson with a late hit and that that's what contributed to Larson's you know his not being able to play as well uh, it just it's unfortunate yeah I, I i love the way he plays and he's he's a young kid this obey cubell with the weird name it took me a while to actually get that name right i had to listen to it a few times but it's just um you know what throwing the knee out it's, it's always bad you, that, that's jeopardizing someone's career it, it's just like a headshot and it seems like the league doesn't really take knees or lower body shots like that that much seriously they're so focused on the headshots, the headshot, headshot, and trying to make you know an example of people when it comes to headshots. But a shot like this, without even looking at it or are doing some supplemental you know things like this, it's unfortunate. You know, Terry's out, and he was barely you know, coming around, finding his groove, and now he's out, like you said, till March. And 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 you know, come March, why even play him? The team's not going to be where we want the team to be. Why not just give him you know a little slower game in the AHL, let him develop a little more, and let him heal. But they have no supplemental penalty on this. And then you had uh, Matt Niskanen, 
hitting Kashe right into the boards. His numbers are, are right squared to him, and it was uncalled for. Yeah, he got the penalty for it, and you know Kashe had a little cut up, up above his nose. But I mean, those kind of plays. Yeah, I'm all about hard hitting. I'm all about fighting, but. When you have someone's numbers, clearly you can see them squared up to your face and you just extend your arms and slam them right into the board. I, I, I believe intent to injure when you're that, you know, when you do things like that and it's nothing else. It's just, it's really unfortunate. And yeah, Ducks lost this game, but they didn't really lose this game. What hurt more is they lost a few of their players. Yeah, and I think the other big one that they lost, and you and I talked about this, was Derek Grant. Uh, the, you know, we, we, a couple shows ago, we were like, people asked us about the power play and they're like, how did the ducks fix the power play? And I specifically said, put Derek Grant on the power play. What do they do? They put him on the power play. They also changed up their sequencing. They, they went with the one, three, one type power play grant. Every time he's on the power play, he's in front of the opposing goalie creating a mess. And yeah, he got one power play goal. He didn't get a whole bunch in the last you know time that he's, he's been on the uh, special teams but he's created situations where the ducks have been able to score and you know they they score actually six power play goals in six games uh counting the next two uh total the devil's game and the islanders game so uh he, he's out obviously in those couple ones but he the power play had been getting momentum and all this stuff so he's out and so now the ducks you know, lose to uh, Philly, and then they have to play New Jersey the next day. And New Jersey uh, is going now without Taylor Hall, right? They did the trade. As you and I talked about, we didn't think the Ducks were going to get him, and that's the way it worked out. He ended up going to Arizona, and we can talk a little bit about that later in the show. But the Ducks go into this game, and you're like, okay, New Jersey is a terrible team. But we know how the Ducks have been this year. When they play terrible teams, they don't usually win. When they play quality teams, they usually do win. So, uh, and that was that's what happened on on these next three games. They 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 lost to the Devils and the Rangers. They're both kind of eh teams. The Islanders on a roll, and they ended up beating the Islanders. We'll get to those games. But that's kind of been the theme for this team is that for some reason they're just a weird team this year. They're 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 playing up to teams and then playing down to teams. So, in this game against the Devils. Uh, we had all those injuries, right? Everything got announced, and then everybody figured all this stuff out that day. So the Ducks brought up Max Jones and Isaac Lundstrom, and they had to play. Uh, because they brought them up, that would have put the Ducks roster at 24 players. And if you know, you can only have 23. So what ended up happening is the Ducks put uh, Terry on the IR so that they could make room for them. And Miller started in this game because we had Gibson play the day before in Philly. And things started out fine in this game. Uh, Adam Henrique scored right away. Uh, things looked good in the first period. Ducks were doing okay. And then the second period, things started to fall apart a little bit. New Jersey gets an early goal in the second. They get a power play by former Duck uh, Palmieri. And then they also give up a goal early in the third to another former Duck, Sammy Botnin. And this one, the Ducks did outshoot the Devils 27-20. to 20. But this this game, the Ducks really didn't play that well. They did they uh, you know dominated in the faceoff circle. But overall, Eddie, you just felt like they should have really uh, had more in this game. I, I know it's a back to back and and you're on the road and things like that. But uh, I, this game, I was a little bit more disappointed in the outcome. I think this is the worst game they played of uh, all the games we're going to talk about. Yeah, I, I know that game against the Rangers that we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's probably a lot worse, but I can understand why they lost that game. 
this one they just had no heart and that's the the worst thing or they seem like they have no heart i don't know what their mentality was it, it just it was a boring game for the ducks to watch and they just didn't play well at all they didn't seem like they cared about the win uh they didn't seem like they wanted to bounce back from a loss they just went through the motions and just waited till you know you know those 60 minutes were up so i can just go beyond the next one they were defeated before they came in yeah they got the first goal and everything i just i still didn't see that jump in their game and something was just missing and off about them and especially a a team against new jersey that just traded away their superstar heart trophy winner um yeah i know granted this is their third game without hall because he was scratched the last two games before they traded him this is like the post game right after the trade and I mean, you're pretty much playing a team that kind of just went back on, you know, on their back and showed their belly, and, and you just let them walk all over you. And you made that that Blackwood kid look like he's a superstar by the way they played. And that's what frustrated me the most. And, yeah, I, I, I sound negative and critical, but I'm not trying to. I just – I have a, I hold this team to a higher standard, especially when they play against a team that's way below them. Like, yeah, the Ducks are in this rebuilding mode. But New Jersey's far worse than the Ducks are, and they made New Jersey look great, and they made that goaltender look like an all-star, and that's what bothers me. It just, man, it's one of those games where it's like, I personally kind of regret watching. That's how bad I felt the Ducks were playing, and how just the lack of heart they had in this game. Yeah, I agree with you, and and you know, some people out there, I know you're not watching some of the games. Uh, I know you're kind of tuning out some of the stuff, and and once in a while we're a little uh, critical on the show about what's going on. Don't don't take that for us not liking the team or not supporting the team. We're just trying to be real. So so when we get a little upset about some of these things and whatnot, we're not going to sit here and tell you everything is flowers and rainbows because that's not the truth. That's not what our podcast is about. We look at the team, we look at what's going on, and and we try and give you a realistic approach. And in this game. Like you said, they're playing an, uh, a New Jersey team without Taylor Hall and a team that's really been struggling. Not that the Ducks haven't, but this is a game, it just, like you said, it didn't seem like the Ducks had a lot of oomph in this game. Uh, I did like Max Comtois going out there and going after Severson and getting into, you know, get, dropping the gloves. We saw him do that uh, as well later this, uh, you know, road trip. So the Ducks have been doing more physical stuff. We've talked about the, the quote-unquote Anaheim Ducks Fight Club. They fought in almost all of these games, uh, except for the game against the Islanders, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, the racetrack game, the Islander game. But he tried to jumpstart the team. It didn't work. The Ducks did outshoot the Devils in the third period and try to rally, but they couldn't. Um, you know, And it just was a frustrating game for, for this team. You, you knew they were playing back-to-back. You knew they had lost to Philly already. Uh, the injuries obviously hurt this team, of course. You're not having Grant in this one. You're not having Troy Terry, so you lose two people. But you bring up Jones and Lundstrom. You have a couple of replacements there. Uh, not saying they're the same. I, I think Grant has been one of the hottest players for this team uh, as of late. So to see him go down, uh, that was a surprise. Because I initially didn't see, when I watched that game, I didn't see uh, what had happened that I found out after the fact. Um, so... Good and bad things. I mean, yes, they played a struggling team. Yes, they lost. They they did outshoot them. Uh, like I said, they did play physical, and they're coming up short uh, in these games. I, I think part of it, and we'll talk about in the next segment, is the, the the Ducks play. They've seemed to be better on the power play, but on five on five, they've really been struggling. Uh, especially in this week, they've only had 
two five-on-five goals uh, in, in the three contests, excluding the Islander game. That, that game we'll get to. It's a crazy game. But that's been the thing I've noticed with this team is the five-on-five play has kind of dipped. You know, earlier in the season, this team was was okay on the five-on-five and then terrible in the power play. Now the power play's come alive, but at even strength, they're not as good, Eddie. And it just seems to kind of been an issue in, in these last couple games and the other games that we'll get to. Yeah, exactly. Like they're taking all their energy and focusing on one area, but then it depletes the energy from the other area. It's kind of like the hit or miss kind of thing. Uh, that's what gets kind of frustrating, especially with this game. This game, you have a player like like PK Subban too. Um, he's been drawing a lot of criticism because it seems like his social media and he's trying to promote himself more than he is focusing on playing hockey and i love pk i love everything he's done for the game i love the fact that he's he donated so much money in montreal to that children's hospital i believe it was 10 million dollars for that hospital like this dude's a saint and he's a hell of a player when he's on it just seems like you've been traded twice you know and now you're in your third team and and you're out there promoting your your social media, promoting your YouTube thing, and I think you should just stop all that and focus more on on defense in your team. And, and and New Jersey's probably a team, an example on why I didn't want the Ducks to go out there and try to get big name players to try to a, a quick solution because look what happened with the New Jersey; it kind of blew up in their face. They were in a rebuilding stage and they wanted to you know have a quick fix and try to you know jumpstart their rebuilding phase and not give you know their players enough time to to develop and, and they kind of rushed their their draft picks and, and Jack Hughes too he's a phenomenal player but I think the pressure on him to perform uh, they got the guy from uh, from the KHL Gusoff uh, from Vegas and they were banking on him uh, with PK just everything backfired in their face and this is a good example I know a lot of Ducks fans were upset the Ducks didn't go out and try to get big names but this is exactly what I didn't want the Ducks to do, to grab all these big names and then have it explode in their face. And then, boom, now what? You wasted all your money. You threw up some some draft picks. And then you're just in the bottom of the standings. And it kind of like, okay, what now? So I, I think what Ducks fans need to look at, uh, you know, when they get upset about the Ducks and Murray not making those big moves, look at New Jersey as an example of what you don't want to do. Now, I still applaud the New Jersey GM for going out and making those aggressive moves and taking that gamble. But unfortunately for him, it kind of backfired. And now he's just, he's picking up the aftermath. And, you know, uh, I see PK moving on to a fourth team and I see New Jersey really going in that full rebuild mode. Yeah. And I, I'm going to reserve some of my comments about like the ducks going after big name players. And all, Cause we have a fan question about that. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment, but I'm with you. I mean, at least they tried in New Jersey uh, as far as in Anaheim, it I'll, I'll hold off. There's some things I want to talk about uh, that's going on with uh, Murray and things I want to kind of remind some fans about in the next segment. But you're right. Uh, the things with P.K. Subban aren't quite working out. They did get rid of Hall. You thought maybe the Ducks, this was a time to really take advantage and beat New Jersey, but they didn't, uh, unfortunately. They started out good, and then they kind of faded away, unfortunately. And, and yes, they had some injuries, but... This game, I, I really felt that was still one that they could have won, uh, despite not having Grant, Terry, and Larson. Um, as I said, Larson hasn't been playing that well anyways. But um, So the Ducks had those two games. They lost both. They had another series of back-to-back games. They went to New York. They played the Islanders and the Rangers. And, of course, they're playing the Islanders. 
right? A really good team. The team that they ended their 17 point or 17 game uh, point streak uh, against. So you, you thought the Islanders are going to want some payback. Uh, we find out that Ryan Getzloff is sick and that he can't make it in this game. So the Ducks have to adjust. You have uh, Sam Carrick is playing in this game. And of all the games this week, this turned out to be the most exciting game. Uh, if you decided not to watch the Ducks or whatnot, I would go back and watch this game because I was on the edge of my seat this entire game. Uh, the Islanders came out and scored first. And then the Ducks scored on the power play, as we've been talking about, Comtois. Carrick gets his uh, first goal as a Duck, his second in the NHL, as a shorthanded goal. And then it's just off to the races. It's it's a back and forth. Each team gets ahead by a goal, and then the other team comes back and scores, and they just fight it out, fight it out, fight it out all the way till the regulation ends, and it's a 5-5 five to five game. They go to overtime. Nothing can solve that. They got to go to a shootout, and the Ducks in the third round end up winning it. Uh, Comtois gets a goal in the second round. Bailey gets one for the Islanders in the third round. And then, of course, the shootout specialist Silverberg comes through uh, with the goal. And the Ducks win this one 6-5. to five. And basically, uh, two kinds of shootouts. It was a shootout in regulation, and they had to go to a shootout in the extra session. I mean, this was a crazy game. Uh, the most exciting one of the week. And again, the, the Ducks playing a good team, Eddie. Uh, a team that probably wanted some revenge after the Ducks had blanked them at Honda Center, and they they come out in this one. I mean, it was a roller coaster of a game. Oh yeah, I was late to the party, so I I'm waking up and I'm getting messages from my, my buddy Richard saying, "Are you watching this game? You're texting me. I'm getting Twitter notifications blowing up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because I missed the whole game. Like Saturday is my sacred day, where I just I, I sleep in. Like that's the only day I can ha I can have where I just sleep. So if I go out drinking the night before or whatever, I shut every alarm off and I just sleep. So I woke up really late, and when I woke up and I saw the score. I'm like, oh man, and of course I I I have I, I record all the games so I can rewatch them or watch them if I miss them. So I was just excited to see this game, and it was a fun game to watch. The Ducks had so much energy; like they seem like a brand new team, and it seems like when Getzloff is out, everyone seems they have to step up to kind of impress Daddy Getzloff. <laughs> like, hey, Daddy's watching now. I want to be, you know, I, I want to play my best. And it, it was so it was such a fun game to watch. They're going back and they're going forward. And, and when you think, you know, yeah, the Islanders scoring a couple goals, like, all right, this is it. You know, this is where the, you know, the Islanders are going to take the game. Ducks are going to lose. Nope. Ducks are right back in it. It's just an overall fun. This was like one of the best games of the week. This was the best game of the week. Probably like one of the best games of the season. And it just, this team came out and showed you so much heart and showed you so much play. And they even had, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was this game or the Rangers game where Michael Dalzado backhanded that puck into the referees um no that was that was the next game i'll talk about that next game okay but yeah uh, it was just it fun you had everything you can ask for in a hockey game you had the scoring you had overtime biting your lips and then you had the shootout and you obviously get the win so yeah it was an early game and it was something i had to go back and rewatch. and i was more excited because everyone was pumping me up on twitter talking about oh this game this game i had people messaging me so yeah, this was a fun game, and Ducks played their asses off, and they played great. I wish wish the Ducks could play like this a lot. I mean, if the Ducks would play the way they played this game against a, a really good Islanders team, there's no way we'd be you know close to San Jose and in LA. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if we'll be in the top of the Pacific, but we won't be as we wouldn't be as low as we are. 
But yeah, this game was fun. And if you missed this game because you're upset about those back-to-back losses, I'd Definitely suggest you go back and rewatch this game because it was really fun. Yeah, and another thing you can catch out, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when we post the game recaps, we put in the uh, YouTube video from the NHL that has usually the 8 to 10 minute recap of the game. So anytime you miss a game or you're like, you know what, I'm not going to watch because the Ducks aren't doing good, yada, 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 I get it. But if you or or maybe you got to work or you got other things going on, I, I get it. I got to work too sometimes. I can't always see them live, but make sure you check out the game recaps because in there we have the the link to the YouTube video. You can go in there and watch what happened, and it's only eight or ten minutes of your time. It, you know, you're not you don't have to sit there and watch the replay for two or three hours, depending on you know fast forwarding through the commercials and the breaks and all that kind of stuff. So if you don't have time to go back and watch the whole game, but you want to see the goals. Go to our recaps, and like I said, you can check it out in there. We also post all the fights, too, as well. So all these fights that happened this week, they're in the recaps as well. Thank you to HockeyFights.com. That's another good website to check out. Uh, If you go on there, they have everything. Any kind of fight in the NHL, it's posted. It's on their website. It's also on their YouTube as well. So we make sure those are all covered. So if for some reason you miss a game, whether, whether you don't want to watch it or you got something you know going on in your life, which I totally understand, especially during Christmas time, uh, you know, check out our website. We post those up there for you. So this game, but watch this game, but definitely watch this game. Yes, this, this Islanders and Ducks. Game. Yeah, if you don't want to watch the Philly New Jersey game, I get it, but watch this one uh, of the games, please. This one was insane with ten goals scored in regulation. Um, unfortunately, of course, Eddie. More injury news from this game. Ricard Raquel got hurt, and he was out uh, going into the game against the New York Rangers, which the Ducks had to play the next day. Uh, the Ducks had two early games. You know, They had a, a 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, then a 9.30 game against the Rangers on Sunday, which was crazy because I work crazy hours, so I had very little sleep watching both of these games, but... I, had to, I knew I had to get up and, and post everything and get everything out there for everybody. So I, I sucked it up and only uh, had a couple hours of sleep watching both of these games. But the Ducks, uh, they won the one against the Islanders. So they're 2-3-0 and zero in daytime games. And then, of course, they lost against the Rangers. So that now they're 2-4-0. and zero. So many daytime games. It's just crazy. And they're going to have another one on New Year's Eve uh, in Vegas, which I will be there. Uh, so if anybody is in Vegas for New Year's Eve, let me know. We'll meet. We can meet up. Uh, and, and watch the game. Uh, if not in person, we can watch it. Uh, or I'm sorry, we can meet after that game or, or somewhere in Vegas. But a lot of day games for the Ducks. Uh, crazy, crazy. And that, that doesn't help as well. But the biggest thing we found out over this weekend is about the flu bug, Eddie. So they talked about Getzloff being sick and not playing on Saturday. And then we find out they interview uh, coach Dallas Akins. And basically he says the flu bug is going through the locker room. We find out that Getzloff can't play in the game against New York uh, Rangers. He also says uh, that Silverberg's out. Like I said, Raquel got hurt in the game against the Islanders, so he's out. The Ducks are just like decimated basically going in this Ranger game. I I tweeted it out before that they didn't even have enough forwards to play in this game. They had 11 forwards, and I mentioned, I go, I guess Holzer's going to have to play offense. And lo and behold... (laughs) You can all sit there and, and grin and roll your eyes. Holzer had to play offense, right? And then Larson came in on defense because the Ducks barely had enough players to fill the team. That, that was it. They used everybody that they could in this game in New York. It was crazy. Uh, so they, they started out 
basically without, you know, you look at it without two offensive lines, um, a lot of their top scorers and whatnot. And uh, Dallas Akins didn't say how many people have the flu, but we, we know it's Getzlaw. We know it's Silverberg. We're sure there's more because they said it was going through the locker room. So they go into this game against the Rangers, and I had very, very low expectation. I, I and, and I know that's probably being a bad fan, but granted, the lineup they had, uh, the second of back-to-backs, these crazy early daytime starts and everything, I, I did not have a lot of expectation for this team. And uh, they ended up getting smoked in this game. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, it is what it is. The Rangers came out and got a couple goals early. Sam Steele did get one to get the Ducks kind of back in it. It was 2-1. to one. Uh, Kreider got a, score, uh, a goal uh, at the, before the first period was over. And they were up 3-1. to one. Uh, It looked like the Ducks might have come back. And the second, Fowler had a shot that barely missed the net. Uh, you know, just kind of rolled wide. It might have made the game 3-2. to two. But again, Kreider scored. Uh, and then, you know, they were just off to the races. And New York ended up winning this game. Uh, I, I guess the bigger thing in this game is all the fighting that went on and all, all the a- anger and frustration of the Ducks, which, again, like I said, if you're not watching the games because of the score, there's plenty of entertainment on the ice. And this one, like we said, the Ducks lost. They weren't really ever in this game. Uh, maybe when it was 2-1, to one, but after that, they, they didn't come back uh, in this. But you had a whole bunch of stuff going on in this one. You had Lemieux... Uh, in this game, going after Gabranson, and then he didn't want to fight because he's basically a wuss. Uh, I, I don't want to say any other terms because uh, you know I, I might get booted off the show, and we'll I'll reference why why off your own show. Yeah, I might get booted <laughs> off my own show because uh, you know the way you say things, and you'll understand that comment later when we talk about league news because someone else got in trouble for his podcast comments. Um, but anyways, uh, for lack of a better term, Lemuse a wuss and skates away. Then he ends up punching Carter Rowney at the end of the second period. And he gets a 10-minute uh, misconduct because of that. Um, you had Comtois again mixing up, going after Lindstrom. You had Delorier going after Haley uh, in a good fight. Uh, all kinds of stuff going on in this game. The, the Ducks, also good. Branson got a uh, 10-game booted out, so the, the Ducks kind of had to play. They kind of went back to like 11 forwards and, se- and 7 defensemen instead. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. This... Watching this team this last week, yeah, they lost three out of four of the games, but I mean, I, I mean, I, the only way I can describe this team, Eddie, is it's like a train wreck. They're going to crash. You don't want to see how the crash happens, but then you kind of do want to watch it because you you want to know how it gets to that point. And, and that's what happened in this game. It was like you knew it was going to be ugly, but it was still entertaining to watch just because... At least the Ducks had fight in them. Yeah, they got outshot 41 to 20. Yeah, they got outscored 5 to 1. They weren't going to win this game. But just to see Good Branson giving it to people, Comtois has been stepping up. Um, the physicality, Manson was about to rip Lemieux's head off at the end of the second period, which was awesome to see. Uh, of course, the refs don't want players to fight anymore sometimes. So there's that whole issue, too, as well. Um, what did you think about this game? I mean, yeah, the Ducks were out of it, but I mean, there was just a whole lot of stuff going on in this game. They had a lot of heart and they had a lot of fight in them, which I liked. And yeah, uh, officially, you had a few players that were out that couldn't play because they were ill. But you know, I, I guarantee there's a few other players that were playing this game that weren't 100 percent that that were feeling that flu bug. I'm feeling it right now. I I, I feel like complete crap. So I I can imagine how a few of those other players that did have to play because they didn't have a choice. Like you, you're stuck and you have your top players out with the flu. 
you're not going to have you know a rookie player go sit out and have your top player play. No, that's not how it works. You're still the boot. You're going to suck it up and play. So I'm pretty sure there's a few players at 100%. You had Holzer not playing, uh, playing on a line he wasn't familiar with. Granted, he only took a few shifts before they went back to um, 11 forwards and 7D. But, but that still throws off the chemistry because you have that line. You have someone double shifting. You have other players having to step up when they don't have to, and and then, then still trying to 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 you know, hit the you know to kind of hit back because the Rangers came out physical, they came out strong, they took advantage of the Ducks playing in four games in six days, which is crazy. I can't believe the league actually would schedule things like that. That's just insane. It's not fair to the Ducks, in my opinion. But I, I think the Ducks held their own. Yeah, they did lose five to one. But, you know, they, they still stood in the game, and, and they didn't back down from the Rangers at all. You had, you know, Lemieux over there, little rat, throwing cheap shots, <laughs> but not wanting to fight some people, then hitting some people in the face. Like, bro, it, if, if you're going to run out and play that game, it doesn't matter. You can't pick and choose who you're going to fight. Like, be a man. If you're going to play that style of hockey, you know, if, if, you're, if you're trying to live to your dad's, you know, his, his little piece of crap career – then go ahead and drop the gloves. If you lose, who cares? At least you're willing to drop the gloves. It has showed a lack of character on your part by by trying to pick fights with certain players, but not dropping the gloves when it came down to other players. And then right when when the teachers come uh, uh, on the playground to kind of break you guys up, then you throw a punch in the face. Like come on, like that is man, you're just not going to have a good career doing that, and you're going to piss off one of these other players, and they're going to knock you out, and you rightfully deserve it. But I really think the Ducks held their own, uh, especially they had what it was 50, what, 58 hits in this game. You had 30 for the Ducks and 28 for the Rangers. A depleted team like the Ducks missing their players, and a few of the players I guarantee you that were sick too. And then playing these four games in six days, that's amazing. And I applaud the Ducks. And I'm glad they showed the fight they had and all the heart they had in this game. And, and oh, now I want to talk about that play Dalzado did. That backhand that inadvertently went to the referee's pocket and then no one knew where it Hilarious. was. Hilarious. I've never seen it. That was funny. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I'm watching the game now. I'm like, wait, wait, where's the puck? Did it go out? And everyone's just kind of confused. And then... A few players ran up to the referee. I was like, wait, is he going to get punched or something? Like, what happened? And it ended up in his pocket. That's one of those one in the million plays. And man, I, I really hope Dalzado kept that puck and just framed it. Like, this, this puck just, like, I think the puck was so afraid to be in that physicality of a game. It wasn't used to seeing that physicalness. It just went to go hide in the referee's pocket or something. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, some people that didn't watch the game probably like, oh, the Ducks suck. I, I read a few comments on uh, social media pages where one one fan was talking crap about the Ducks saying they suck. And even though he didn't watch the game, something needs to change. I'm like, dude, do you not know what was going on? He called out Getzoff being a bad captain, even though Getzoff didn't play the last couple of games. <laughs> it's like, all right, I get you're frustrated. Yeah, I get it too. We're fans, and like Mike pointed out, yeah, sometimes we are overly critical, but yeah, as much as I want to talk good about the Ducks, I, I can't because I want to just throw out the exact, you know, how they're playing. I'm not going to sit there and and t- say that they're having a good game when they're not. I'm not going to praise them when they don't deserve to be praised. Uh, this this 5-1 loss, yeah, a lot of people that probably didn't watch the game were talking the most crap. But if you really sat here and watched this whole game, they didn't play bad and they had fight. Yeah, they were up against all the odds and, and it was going to be one of those games where 9 times out of 10 they're going to lose. Unfortunately, they lost, but they still had a lot of fight and a lot of heart and I can respect that. And 
And like I said, we can hold our heads up high for those of us that watch this game about this game. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, it kind of leads into our next segment. So I'll just uh, real quickly tell you, hey, check out onthevolley.com. They have our uh, Ducks gear that's been redone. You can also go to bit.ly slash Ducks and Pucks, or excuse me, DNP gear uh, to check out our hats and shirts and sweatshirts. If you put in DNP December, you get 25% off. So with that, we'll shift now basically into the, the middle part where we talk about the team and analysis and fan questions and all that. And, and picking up where Eddie talked about uh, as far as the fans and what's going on with this team. You know, I, was, I thought it was funny, uh, Eddie, at the end of the Ranger game, Eric Stevens even tweeted out, he's like, oh, there's all this quote-unquote smoke being thrown at the team uh, you know, when, when they're losing. But what happened when they won and beat the Islanders 6-5? to five? And I, I just crack up at that because, I mean, it just, it's the social media aspect of this. I, I really laugh. It, it's like the Ducks win and everybody's pumped up or kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Then they lose and like the world ends. And this game, I, I mean, you didn't expect them to win. I mean, come on. They had, they had nobody that could go in this game. They had, let, let's count all the people out. Getzloff, Terry, Grant. Richie, who's been out for a while, Raquel Silverberg. All their top scorers were pretty much out of this game. I mean, they didn't have anybody in there that uh, could score uh, other than really Henrique. That was your only top scorer in this game, uh, you know, out of the forwards. You had four of the top five out uh, because of that. I just thought that was kind of funny um, that he pointed that out. And the Ducks even had to call up uh, Sprong in this game to at least get 11 forwards, which is crazy. And uh, just give Eric uh, Stevens a little shout out. I appreciate him. He uh, mentioned us when we talked about him coming up. So thank Eric for that. And I like how Eric keeps it real. And that's what we try to do on this show and try to get him maybe on. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. And we'll try to maybe get him on the show again. We had him last year. We'll see if he'll uh, have some time to come back on. But uh, I, I guess that's the one thing to talk about is just Ducks social media. Specifically, I guess for me is Ducks Twitter. Uh, what's going on with this team and how things are going on and uh, you know, when, when the team wins, I, I usually shut down social media, do the recap, try and get things out and do all that stuff. But when they lose, Eddie, I just really shut it down. I, I can't, you know, um, I can't keep track of uh, everything going on normally when they win. But when they lose, I really just, I don't want to see anything. I just turn it off. Um, so I just thought that was a funny comment by Eric there. What, what do you think about the, the social media uh, aspect of the fan base? It gets frustrating. It's annoying. Uh, you have fans thinking that they absolutely know everything about the game when the Ducks win, and they know everything about the game when the Ducks lose. No one knows anything about everything, including us. We, you know, we do a lot of research, and all because you see a score five one, but you don't watch the game, and then you throw your your input and your frustration. I get it. You're frustrated. You want to vent. But come on, like have some more common sense and, and just have some, you know, watch the game at least. Like don't sit there and comment about the game and how the ducks suck, but then you're gonna put in the same thing that you haven't watched the game, or you're gonna call out the captain when he wasn't even playing. Or uh, other things I read, like, oh, they're partying too hard. Like, like where the hell are you getting this information from? Because please, if you have a source that we don't know about, please contact us so I can get in touch with that source. Like it just, I get you're frustrated, but you just throwing out there and and making yourself look dumb, that's just that's just ignorant to me. 
you're just telling other fan bases too, like, oh, you know, you're giving them fuel to shoot back at us. Like, oh, these fans aren't aren't true fans. And, and a lot of Ducks fans like to call out LA fans. And I, I've done it too because I've never seen so many LA fans until they were in the Stanley Cup playoffs and then they all pop up out of nowhere. And it just, that gets frustrating. Like, if you if you can't support the team when, when they're when they're low and when they're rebuilding or they're in their downfall, then you can't really call yourself a true fan. Like yeah, you could be a fan of the game, you could be a fan of the team, but if you're gonna sit there and crit, like bash the team constantly, like just just some of the I'm not saying like some of you talking about how some ducks need to change or you know Murray needs to go or ducks need to do something. Yeah, I get that aspect, but for some of you, you just constantly bash the team. Like if you hate the Ducks so much, find another team to root for. It just, I, I, I hate to sound like a dick, but like some of the comments and some of the things I, I read, like that you tweet to the Ducks personal page, like, "Oh, kill yourself! You guys suck!" and "Oh, you guys are the, you guys are worthless! You're pathetic! You're ruining my my holiday!" Like, come on, the, the, you guys are crossing the line, and it's just. I can understand how, how Eric kept it real and he called you guys out because it's kind of unfortunate and sad what you guys have to, you know, what you guys post out. And I, I know Mike, you usually shut you down your social media and I'm glad you do because some of the comments that, and you tag Duxton Pucks too, like it's our fault. <laughs> right. I, I, I comments like, like, oh, you know, you said the Ducks should have won this game. You guys are losers. It's like, oh, well, well, we can't control anything. All we do is cover the Ducks and talk about it. Like, I think the closest I ever came to playing on the Ducks was the holiday skate a, a, a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I touched a, a puck and shot it around the boards, too, in the corner. That's the most... That's the closest I've ever gotten playing on the Ducks' eyes. But, I don't know, I think you just got to relax. If the game's getting you frustrated that much to the point where you're crossing that line, maybe it's something else going on in your life, and you should kind of just, you know, kind of relax. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I get it. I'm a fan. I'm probably one of the biggest hockey fans ever. Uh, hockey is is life to me. Hockey is the same category as my family, as my religion. Hockey is my religion, if I put it that way. But I'm not going to let that, you know, just tear me down where I'm going to say, you know, you're ruining my life, ruining Christmas or ruining whatever (laughs) and seriously sit there and, and just attack and bash the team. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of frustration going on and that's why I I was kind of cracking up when that game ended and Eric Stevens tweeted that out. I was like, oh, he's going to go there. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and I, I followed up with my comment on there too. You can go back and look and see what I said, you know. Uh, this is nothing new, but that's the way it is. I mean, this team, uh, as Eddie's talking about, it's all about the process this year. And I know you're probably sitting there and you're rolling your eyes going, okay, yeah, it's all about the process, blah, 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 blah. Well, it is. I mean, they're rebuilding. It is what it is. The Ducks had so many years where they were making the playoffs, and then it was just a question of how far are we going to go in the playoffs. Then last year was the circus with Randy Carlisle, and what was going to happen you know, with him, we all knew he was going to get booted. It was a question of when and how pretty much. And that happened. So then this year you come in and you look at the team and they did start out pretty good for the first month. So then there was a little bit of, oh, well, maybe this team, you know, could be okay. And maybe they could make the playoffs, you know, at a lower seed and whatnot. We both even talked about that. And we said, hey, they're doing okay in the beginning. You know, they got a lot of young guys and they're, they're pushing and doing things. And then, uh, you know, they fell apart and things didn't work out. And now they've got injuries and now they got the flu bug going on in the locker room and things like that. But, uh, 
you know, I'm still going to be here and cover this team. I mean, I even made my my New Year's plans around this team. I'm going to Vegas to watch them. I, I mean, that's that's how much of a Ducks fan I am. And and win, lose, or shine, I watch them anyway. And like I said, you know, they they may uh, be a train wreck, you know, waiting to happen on the ice. But I want to see how it's going to happen and unfold. And and in these games uh, this week, yeah, the, the New Jersey one was disappointing. But the other the other three out of four games were still pretty entertaining to watch. I mean, it it wasn't that bad. You're still getting some fights going on. Uh, like I said, the Ducks are getting power play goals. They had six power play goals in six games uh, leading up to the New York uh, Ranger game, which they did not have one. Um, so they, they turn that on. Uh, the thing for me is it seems like the five-on-five five play has kind of gone down a little bit, uh, not counting the Islander game. The other three games, they only had two uh, goals five-on-five. Five. So that's kind of been the issue. But for me, uh, we've kind of touched on it before. The Ducks are getting into a lot of fights, and not just meaningless fights. If you don't, you don't understand the sport of hockey, they're not out there just to fight people. It's either to charge the team up, to try to get them to rally when they're down, or it's because someone's taking a liberty at someone and they want to put them in their place, which is what the sport, that's why they do what they do. So, uh, you know, for me, that's a lot of why I watch what's going on to see. And there's been a lot of funny things. Like you talked about the puck in the in the, the ref's pants. <laughs> I mean, who knew that NHL refs had pockets, right? You learn. I mean, if you watch the New York uh, Ranger game and Duck game, you learn that, right? I mean, I know it's funny. But I mean, you, you know, I don't know. I don't. I never asked the ref, "Do you have pockets?" I mean, I don't know, right? So that that was pretty hilarious. And then uh, you also had when uh, one of the fights went on, you had that funny uh, look on that Rangers fan. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what that guy was doing, but when he saw Comtois and them going at it, I, I you'd think that guy had never seen a fight because he was there on the glass. And to see his expression was hilarious. Like, yeah, man, this is some grown men going at it. It's like it's it's a legit sport, dude. Um, so I mean, there's I love that yeah, guy. I mean, there's some funny stuff <laughs> going on uh, when you watch these games. So um, you can be frustrated and stuff. And I, I honestly, I feel bad for the Ducks social media people because I, I'll look at when they lose and I'll look at the responses, especially on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm just like, oh my god, dude, like. That's got to be tough because, like Eddie said, we get the responses too. Obviously, not at the magnitude of the Ducks because we're not the official uh, social media covering the team, of course. But you see those responses. I'm like, Jesus, people, like, it's okay. Like, it's 82 game season. We're not going to be 82 0 0. Like, it's okay, you know? But, um, like I said, and we said it on the last show, you still got to watch these games. They are entertaining. The Ducks are playing physical, they are standing up for each other. Um, yeah, they haven't had some of the best games. This team is completely depleted right now. Thank God they have this holiday break. They don't play Vegas till this coming Friday. And hopefully they can get Getzloff and Silverberg back. And, and obviously there's other players on there that are sick as well that we don't know about. And, they, and like Eddie said, they had to have put these players out there. I'm sure Larson wasn't even 100% either because he was day-to-day. He had to play because Holzer had to play on offense, which I know is like, oh my God, Holzer playing offense? Are you killing me? But I mean, what are you going to do? You don't, you don't have enough players. So, I mean, that's what happened in that New York game. But to me... Uh, the biggest thing is I just think they've gotten away from the five-on-five five play. They, they focus so much, like you said, Eddie, on the power play, and they started doing that right. They just can't focus on everything, it seems. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but like I said, you have all these players hurt and, and the ones that are scoring goals and whatnot and, and people that are sick. I mean, what do you expect? So I, going into this break, I, I just hope that they can get healthy with some of the guys 
they're going to have some big games coming up. They're going to play Vegas twice at home on Friday. They're going to play them in Las Vegas. Like I said, I'll be there. They're going to play Philly again. Uh, a lot of big games coming up, Eddie. Um, I don't know what you know you think about how they've been playing lately, even with all the injuries and illness going on, but what are you seeing out there with this team in the last uh, four games on this road trip? Uh, well, just overall, too, I, I'm, I think the Ducks are playing way better this season than they are last season. That's all you can ask because last season – was an atrocity it was terrible to watch it was it was to the point where i was like just uh, it felt like a chore to watch the game like i loved doing what i do for ducks and pucks you guys follow my social media i, I express it all the time because i like just throw that positivity out there because i'm a negative person so when i can have something positive i throw it out there to hopefully motivate others but last season was just bad to watch and a few games were just or there was actually, I felt like it was a waste of time to watch. But this season, it's like the games I do watch, or I watch all of them, but the games I do, uh, that I cover and stuff, even the ones that are bad losses, it's just, I, I still see little things here and there that they're playing better. It's like, okay, yeah, th- they're not just reverting back to their old dump and chase and just going through the routines at games. Like, they're actually trying to do something different. Um, if they're, they're in a bad game, a bad spot, you'll see them shoot a little bit more. Um, I know that one game, uh, Philadelphia, they had some issues. A timeout was called. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It was New Jersey. Uh, they're trying to get back into the game. They pulled their goalie. Uh, they had a power play. They were playing like crap. A timeout was called. And then you saw a whole different 180, a new Ducks team that were just having someone in front of that net, shoot blasting that puck and getting those opportunities. So, I mean, that's all I can ask for. Like, you know, last season was bad, and I don't expect this season for the Ducks to just turn around and go to the number one in the Pacific. No, you know, if you don't want to hear the word, I'll say it. It's a rebuild year, and I'm glad that, that the Ducks have all these this such a great pipeline and young talent where they can have them develop well and not rush them. They can develop over the Ducks system and get used to it. It takes time. You're going to keep hearing that because you can't. You can't expect uh, anyone to just be adapted to something and all of a sudden just change. It's it's impossible, especially I think like the biggest fear in humans is change, and they're humans as well. So I, I like what I've been seeing so far. I definitely like the fight against the Rangers when everyone had them losing. They, they even knew they were losing. They weren't 100% healthy, but they still b- battled it out, and, and they were still in there. Um, all I want to ask for for uh, this Christmas is to at least get a couple of wins, one win at home, and definitely win that game on Tuesday on New Year's Eve when they play in Vegas, especially because you're going to be there, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I've been there before, and the Vegas fans are cray cray. They are so. And don't worry, I'll be wearing my duck stuff. I, I don't care. They can bring it all they want. You know what I mean? I, I, I've got some friends in Vegas, so if anything gets crazy, uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, some of you out there will know what I'm talking about. I won't elaborate. But anyways, as far as, far as you're talking about uh, the Ducks winning and stuff, yeah, a big problem they've had is in the last 22 games, they have not won uh, two games in a row. That's That's been the thing that's been tough with them is that they, they've had a hard time putting together a string of wins. And this team, you feel like if they got some of these guys back and they won just a couple games, you know, yeah, they're at the bottom uh, of the Pacific, but they're not that far out of it. And I'm not saying that because, oh, they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to make it and all this stuff. But I'm just pointing out that they're not like so far out of it that like, oh my God, they're never going to make it, right? I mean, you're looking at it right now and and you're looking at the um, Western Conference 
and who's in and who's out. You've got the Flames there at, at the bottom uh, when we're recording this as far as uh, the uh, wild card spot at 43 uh, points, and the Ducks are at 34, which is it's nine points. I mean, it's not crazy, right? I mean, it's not good. Of course not. But uh, they're not so bad. I mean, yes, they're having issues, and players are out, and players are sick, and things like that. So the thing is, they're still fighting through it. They're still entertaining. Um, I, I think the big thing, and we'll kind of shift a little bit of gears here, I guess, or it kind of ties into it, is we've got some really good fan questions. But, you know, it's the end of December. Uh, we, You know, the Ducks in the past have turned it on around this time. Uh, January is going to come up, and then, of course, the trade deadline is going to come up. So we had one uh, fan, L.A. Nick, asked a question about, you know, do you think Bob Murray is going to make any moves this year? Or is he just going to lay low, let everything unfold, uh, you know, and kind of focus on the expansion draft? Uh, I really think the answer is all of the above. I, I, I think he may try to make some moves, but I don't think he's going to do anything big. Uh, that's what Eddie and I kind of talked about before this show uh, when we were preparing and whatnot. Um, I don't see him doing anything like that. I, I think he will maybe try to lay low. He did try to make some bigger moves in the beginning of the season. You remember he tried to get Shattenkirk. It didn't work out and things like that. Um, but right now, I, I don't know if that he will. Uh, of course, the expansion draft is is another thing that you have to worry about. He might try to get a couple little players here and there and make some moves. I, I just don't see him doing anything big, Eddie. I mean, I think the Ducks are sellers. And I know that the uh, the trade deadline's a little bit away, but it's still kind of over the horizon. I mean, January's almost around the corner. It's crazy. It's almost 2020. So uh, to answer your question, Nick, in my perspective, I think he'll do some stuff, some minor stuff. But that's really about it, Eddie. I, I don't know what your take is on it. I, I just don't see Murray doing anything extravagant, which he hasn't lately uh, with trade deadlines. No, and you're right. And, and I, I can't see him doing anything big. I don't expect him to go after big fish. And I wouldn't want him to. Like I, The Ducks are still establishing their identity and establishing the way uh, they're going to be playing in the future. And they have a lot of good assets. And I wouldn't want them to to try to just throw out some of their their draft picks just for a temporary solution, just to, to chalk up a few more wins. I I I can't see you know how that would be you know yeah just to make the fans happy just for a few games here and there. No, you you shouldn't waste the the talent you're gonna get. Obviously, we're gonna be in the bottom of the standings. We can only hope that we're above the Kings. And now I'm gonna say above the Sharks because they're they're literally tanking. <laughs> no pun intended, but. They're there toward the bottom. California teams are bad, and, and I feel bad for the Sharks because they do have a, a pretty talented roster, and they just they can't score goals and they can't prevent them from going in. But yeah, to answer that question, no, um, I expect them to make certain certain moves here and there. Sprong's call up, it was good. Someone pointed out he was a negative three. Okay, I get it. Uh, in that game, I wouldn't be surprised. But I saw a different player in him. He was playing more of a two way game. He was trying to get after that puck when he didn't have it. He was trying to be uh, where the puck w- was going to be when he didn't have it. He wasn't just, just focused on, on that offense. So I'm glad to see him kind of change up his game a little bit from last season. Uh, I'm still not sold if the Ducks are are, are going to have him in his future plans, but I think he could be traded off for some assets. But, yeah, um, as far as that question goes, don't be expecting them to go after the, the Chris Criders or whoever the big names out there that are going to be available deadline. Uh, it's going to be a, a slow deadline. Maybe uh, future considerations, my favorite player, get thrown around. <laughs> um, or, or maybe we just trade out some guys that, that we don't see in our future, some of our younger guys like the Larsons that we've talked about before. 
that can bring in some kind of uh, draft pick. And I think the the main objective now is not to lose anyone significant to the expansion draft because that's really important. You don't want to be that team to get just you know to lose someone for nothing or for, uh, for lose someone for n- not getting anything in return. I think Murray d- d- uh, did a good job with the expansion draft against Vegas, not really giving up too much. And, and you know, yeah, Shea Theodore, unfortunately, but I mean, just have to go from there and trust him. I- I- I'm getting kind of old with his this kind of a this stand put mentality, and he doesn't like to gamble and. Bargain Bob trying to find, like I always say, you're trying to shop for a Macy's type of clothing at a 99 cent store. It's not going to work. There's a couple articles. I think The Athletic, Eric Stevens had one, and Elliot Tiford about uh, Murray said it was hard for him to watch the team, you know, do what it's doing but not act immediately. Like, bro, come on. We've been watching you for all these years. If you acting immediate means bringing in some mediocre talent and and expecting it to pan out like we don't expect that much and i think and i'll throw this out there and i wanted to talk about this too and i thought about this but i think after the ducks established himself uh, established the, the system they have with the coach and after the expansion draft i i think it's time for a new general manager and i think someone that that can can kind of help us you know into the future and, and to make just make a little bit of a gamble sometimes. Not not be like New Jersey and go all out, you know, but at least try to do something different to make the Ducks better and not, not trying to, like I said, shop at the 99 cent store for Macy's time players. Yeah, I mean, that's been one of the big uh, criticisms of Murray over the years, uh, as you're talking about, Eddie, is not doing anything big. I mean, obviously, Kessler was one of the big ones that he did, and then Henrique was some of the good things that he had done over the last couple of years, but... In general, you look at most of the things, he hasn't gone big. And you look at the Ducks' situation right now, uh, according to Cap Friendly, they have about $3.8 million in cap space, but they also have $10 million in uh, long-term injury reserve as well. So, I mean, there's stuff there that they can do and use, and they haven't really uh, tried to dig for that this season. Uh, I know there's the concern about Perry because they're paying him 2.6 this year and then 6.6 next year, but don't forget... Eves is done uh, next year, and the Ducks are going to get 3.1 back. So it's almost a wash there. They're still going to have money uh, unless, miraculously, Kessler comes back next season. I don't know if he is. I know he's doing that podcast with Bieksa now. Uh, it's pretty pretty good stuff. If you haven't heard it, you know I would go listen to it. I highly recommend it. Those two are hilarious. But um, if Kessler doesn't come back next year, the Ducks are still going to have plenty in cap space. So, I mean, there's, there's room there to do something. Um, I, but, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do it. And... I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that uh, Murray's conservative. The Samuels are conservative. I just don't see them uh, putting a lot of money out there to try and do something big. And like we talked about the expansion draft, which is another fan question we had. Katrina asked about that. And she talks about Vegas and now Seattle. And she says, you know, do you think it creates tension, um, you know, amongst the different teams? Uh, also, you know, teammates are trying to stay protected on a team and whatnot because, you know, there's all the different rules, how many games you play, how many years you've got in the league and whatnot. And she also finishes off with if she's reading too much into it. And uh, no, I mean, I don't think you are reading too much into it. I think the expansion draft does mess with all the GMs and it does mess a little bit with some of the players' minds because some people are getting exposed. You have other people that know they're not and then they're fine. And honestly, I don't like the expansion draft the way it is now. Eddie and I talked about this before the show. 
I, I don't like all the deals that are going on. I, I on, honestly, I think it's ridiculous because you had a team like Vegas that came in and nearly won the Stanley Cup right away. And I don't think that that's the way the expansion draft should be handled. I understand you're trying to get in a new team. You want to get that fan base going. You don't want a team that's going to come in and be in last place. But I, you know, I, I'm just not a fan of you know all these deals and oh, I'll trade you this guy so you don't draft this guy and pick this guy and do this and that. I, I'm not a fan of that. That wasn't how it was when the Ducks in Florida came back in the league in '93, and it wasn't like that, uh, you know, until the recent years. So I, I just I'm not a fan uh, overall. But I do think it creates some tension amongst the GM and the players, especially you know if you're on a team and you know you're not protected, then I mean you don't know what's going to happen until that's over. So. It does create some kind of issue there, and I, I think it distracts the GMs too a little bit, Eddie. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a little bit critical of Murray as well. Like you are not going out and getting these certain players, and like I said, there is money to be had uh, per cap friendly, but um, it's a tough situation, and I just I think the Ducks are just going to play conservative till the rest of the season, Eddie. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, with the whole expansion draft, I, I'm, I'm still in that question. Uh, I don't know. Because I, I do like uh, how the old school mentality was and you just, you know, you go and it's so simple. But I, I do like the um, the whole sidebar thing going on. I like the transactions. I, I like to talk about it. I like to write about it. But but then again, it does play with the, the GM's mind. It does play with the player's mind. You're playing a team and if you start getting a, a little uh, heat streak, it, it might go in your mind like, oh, wait, I love playing here though. Like, I don't want to be that player that's not protected because I don't have any protection in my, my trade clause. Maybe I should tone it down, or, or I, I don't know. I, I doubt players think like that, like that, but maybe I'm reading way too much into it. But I, I'm kind of a hit or miss on it. And, and, and to answer that question about the expansion draft, like I don't know if I if I like the new way. Uh, I just there's parts of it I like, parts of it I don't like. But uh, I, I do like the fact how Vegas came in after they had that tragedy and they were competitive and they almost won the cup. Like, that was a cool storyline, and, and I like storylines. But I I guess. I can't really disagree with Mike. I can't agree with him because I really don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and that I just, you know, come this expansion draft, I know Seattle's getting their players. I don't know if I, I've, I read this right or not, but um, it seems like there was talks how they're going to try to, like, extend it for next season if they're not ready for this season. I don't know. I haven't really heard anything of, of that, that valid. So we're going to have to wait and see. But it, it kind of seems that the, Vegas, or the Seattle team will be good to go coming next season. They should be naming their team. Sometime in January, if you know, that's what I was, you know, heard. Um, I want to go back to. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was wrong on something I said um, about the that pocket, uh, the puck in the rest pocket. It actually happened uh, in the New York Islanders game at the Rangers game. So I apologize. So I'm correcting it now. So I'm to correct the next game, and we'll go and show that clip too on Duction Pucks. Yeah, no worries. They're in New York for both days, so I mean, you could get confused easily with those two games. Uh, one more fan question before we get to the league news. We had Patrick Monahan asked about Miller returning next season. Um, will he be, uh, you know, the, uh, looking for, or will the Ducks be looking for a new backup goalie? Uh, I really think on this situation, I mean, obviously it's too early, but I, I think it's really up to Miller. I mean, he's 39. If he wants to retire, he could. If he wants to come back, he, you know, can do that as well. Um, I could see him coming back for another season, signing another contract, uh, staying local and whatnot. But uh, if he decides not to, Eddie, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He might want to just hang it up and retire. Yeah, I think it's going to be up to him. 
Uh, I can't see the Ducks uh, trying to go out and get another uh, backup goalie and spend that money on that. Backup goalies are really important. Some people don't think, you know, some people forget about that. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs got their first win recently with a backup goalie in net. So that that was like, I mean, you're over here in almost Christmas and you only got uh, wins from your starting goalie, Freddie Anderson. You barely get your first win with your backup goalie and, and you, you can't sustain that and it's it you know you can't put that much pressure on your starter so you have to have a quality backup goalie and i don't see miller's game declining that much where he he won't be able to sign another deal with the ducks and i i definitely can't see him you know signing somewhere other than california uh even northern california might be you know a little bit of a stretch uh, i doubt he wants to go play on another crappy team when he can just play closer to home with his family i think that's his age and his accomplishments he's had uh, thus far, that's the most important to him. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to feel come trade deadline. I think that's up to uh, our GM to ask him if he would like to continue with the team or try to trade him to a contender to get that, you know, that one more go around. But I think in Miller's case, he signed locally for a reason. He wants to spend that time with his family. Um, if he doesn't sign come next season, I, I'd say give Stolarz a chance and try to sign him and, and, and fill a backup role. He's doing a great job in San, Die- uh, San Diego down there. Uh, he's played in the NHL before. And I, I think, you know, why not give him a chance? Especially, I don't think next year that we're going to be a Stanley Cup contending team. Um, we're definitely not going to be in near the bottom how we are right now, but we're not going to be damn near the, near the top. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Stolarz and giving him that chance at, at cracking a backup line, uh, that that backup role come uh, next um, training camp if Miller doesn't want to sign or if the Ducks choose not to. But I think right now if the Ducks don't re-sign Miller and if he wants to come back, it's going to be their mistake. And the only other team I can see Miller re-signing to if he doesn't sign with the Ducks is probably Los Angeles. It's closer to home and still in California. He wants to be close to his family. and That's number one priority to him. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, too. His wife does a lot of stuff in L.A. for her career. So if he didn't, he'd go over there. Not that we would be happy. Of course, you're probably all cringing with us talking about the Kings like that. But, I mean, hey, you got to do what's best for you. So I, I, I think he'll stay at least to the end of the season. Then he'll probably take some time to figure out what he wants to do from there. So the only other uh, – some questions we did get – uh, was really about the trade that happened involving uh, one of the Ducks' prospects, Bo Grew. Uh, a lot of people kind of freaked out about that. He was uh, traded at the junior level to the uh, Wildcats of the QMJHL uh, for a bunch of draft picks, uh, three draft picks. So um, he got moved from uh, Halifax over there. Uh, some people were freaking out because they thought that maybe he was traded from the team uh, as far as the Ducks' organization and whether or not they still had his rights or whatnot. I, I remember answering some questions on social media about it. But no, that's not the case. This isn't like an AHL deal. This is a, a junior level deal. The Ducks still own his rights. So he's just going to another team. Don't get freaked out about it. Um, it's just a super minor trade, I guess you'll, you'll, if you can say. But uh, he's been doing pretty good. So, I, you know, the Ducks do have people in the pipeline to come up, uh, Eddie. And... Uh, that's that's the only move I guess you can say the Ducks did do <laughs> in the last couple of weeks in terms of trades and whatnot. Oh yeah, and and he was traded from the Halifax the Halifax Moosecat or Mooseheads, where he captained the team, to the Wildcats for a 2021 first round pick. 
a 2020 second round pick and a 2022 second round pick. So obviously he has a lot of value down in the, you know, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and he's going to help the Wildcats moving forward. He, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the Ducks. It's just simply a junior hockey transition, but just the amount that you know that they gave up to to get him on the team, it, it just shows how much value he has and and you know how much potential he has to be a great NHL player and I look forward to seeing him play when he's ready and to start bringing that value to the Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, uh, we'll go to the last segment. We'll talk about some league news and some things that Eddie's going to cover. Before we go to that, uh, make sure you check out patreon.com slash ducks and pucks on there. Uh, we give away game tickets and a $200 gift card uh, from Cool Hockey each month. Um, so check it out. We gave away a tickets to the game this Friday at home against Vegas. So if you sign up for that and donate just uh, $1, uh, a month then you can have a chance to win all that almost everybody wins throughout the year i, I try to spread out uh, the prizes so that anybody that signs up you you'll pretty much guaranteed to either get a gift card or uh, tickets to a game or both plus some gear thrown in there as well so check it out patreon.com slash ducks and pucks so with that let's do the last segment eddie uh let's cover some of the league news and uh wrap up the show before the uh, holiday break Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to start off with the Florida Panthers. I think uh, this is worth mentioning. Noel Achari scored two consecutive hat tricks. One was his first hat trick, his first career hat trick in a 6-1 win over Ottawa. And then the next time he played, he scored another hat trick, which the third goal was came on a penalty shot in a 7-4 win against Dallas. So uh, he was a, he played in Boston. He's now in Florida. So it's good to see something like that. Yeah, it, it, it's his first career hat trick, and then he gets another one. So he's his stick is hot. He's lighting it up. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, let's move on to New York. New York Rangers, one of their players, uh, Anderson, has requested a trade per Darren Drager. Uh, this 5'11", 190-pound center was drafted 7th overall in the 2007 NHL draft by the Rangers. Uh, after his trade, he was suspended from the team by not re, uh, not returning to Wolfpack of the AHL, which that's their AHL affiliate, and he was sent down and he didn't report to the team, so he's suspended. Um, the trade deadline, for, or the trade freeze, holiday freeze, is up on the 27th, so I, I expect him to be traded by then. I'm not sure how much value he's going to have on him. He, he only has one assist in the 17 games he's played this season, and he's only had 39 points, 15 goals, and 24 assists in 74 AHL games. Uh, that's That seems decent, but not too great. Uh, he's played 66 NHL games and only has 9 points, 3 goals, and 6 assists. For uh, a former 7th round overall pick, it, that's kind of bad. Uh, if you guys, uh, he was the, the captain of the Swedish junior championship team or the world at the world juniors he was team sweden's captain uh he was infamous for throwing his silver medal into the crowd i get it he's a young kid he made a mistake and we we all moved on from that and and yeah he probably doesn't like participation trophies i guess that's what the silver is but you're representing your country and your captain representing your team you should be held to a higher standard and i personally think you shouldn't have acted like that and no i do not want this player on the ducks I'm just reading the league news. I, I don't think the Ducks should should trade for this guy. Uh, his attitude from that World Junior game, and then now he's 21, and 
uh, he thinks he has some authority to request a trade. I don't see. I, I'm more, I guess, an old school mentality. Even though I'm not that old, uh, I, I don't think these young kids can come in and, and not prove themselves, and then just want to demand a trade when they're not earning their ice time. So uh, we're gonna keep an eye on that. I expect him to be traded before the trade deadline, maybe the, uh, within January to another team that wants to take a chance on a former seventh overall player. But I think he's done with New York. Uh, um, move on to the Islanders. Joe Hosang, we've talked about before. He requested a trade out of the Islanders, as he'd done before. Lou Morello advised him not to report to Bridgeport. Thus, he was suspended from the team's formality. Uh, they're waiting around for a few months. He still hasn't got any bid, bids for you know to get him. Uh, he was put on waivers, too, so no teams claimed him for free. He reached out to Bridgeport, which is their AHL affiliate, uh, he wanted to play. He was just sitting around. Uh, they got approval from the Islanders, so he's back with them. His first game, he scored an assist. And I, I really hope he took this time to just kind of uh, evaluate his attitude and he had to change, change his up mentality because he has a lot of potential. And I hate to see a player with that much potential waste their talent because they're just stubborn. And so hopefully uh, he, he gets up with, the, with Bridgeport. He lights it up. And he either finds a trade partner. I, I would suggest a trade partner because I think it's – his time is done with the Islanders, but I, I wish him all the best. One more thing about the Islanders, I think it was funny. Uh, Trotz, their head coach, got really upset against Nashville's coach. Um, they were winning 8-3 to three in the game uh, a few weeks ago, and then I guess Nashville put their, um, their top pe- power play line against uh, the Islanders, and Trotz got upset, said he wants to talk to them come summer because that, that was wrong, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You're in the professional hockey league, and, and you know you, you don't stop playing until that 60 minutes is up. If you have such an issue with that, maybe you should talk to your team about playing playing better and not giving up eight goals and, and being down that you know that far. So, um, oh, okay, a lot of news. <laughs> All-Stars. The All-Star game's coming up, and the captains were voted. We have, for the Pacific Division, Connor McDavid, the Central Division, Nathan McKinnon. The Atlantic Division, David Pasternak. And the Metropolitan Division, Alexander Ovechkin. I think all of them were, were pretty much guaranteed a spot. Uh, McDavid's been playing lights out. He, he's, he's been tearing it up. He has 61 points in the 39 games he's played. Uh, McDavid's has been lights out for Colorado and been arguably the, one of the top five players, the best players in National Hockey League. He has 53 points in 36 games. Alexander Ovechkin, uh, of course he's going to be in there. He only has 35 points, but he has 37 goals. And he's always fun to watch. Um, he didn't play last season. Uh, he chose not to, but I mean this season it, he hasn't indicated that he wasn't going to play. A big surprise, and I think much deserved, was David Pasternak from the Boston Bruins. 51 points in 37 games. I think this kid's been playing lights out. He, he's been playing some great hockey. Uh, I guess he's really fashionable, too, some of the stuff he wears. This is going to be his second All-Star Game appearance, and this is his first time as a captain. So really congratulations to him, and I wish him all the best. Moving forward, uh, I want to just talk about Arizona Coyotes. Taylor Hall and his agent came out saying that he's open. It's an absolute possibility of maybe re-signing with the Coyotes. The agent thinks that he'll like and adapt to living with life in Arizona and the team. And breaking news, uh, since we started recording this only about an hour ago, Jeremy Roenick has been suspended indefinitely from NBC for making some comments that he made on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. 
you guys haven't listened to Spit and Chicklets, their uh, podcast with Biz Nasty, uh, Paul Bissonette, um, Mike Rinelli, R.A., and Ryan Whitney, former Ducks player. They're known for pretty much just having zero filters, talking just whatever they want to talk about. They talk about hockey. There's just no filter on there. Uh, he went on the show. He said some comments about, you know, a, f- a fellow... Um, uh, a fellow analyst that he shares with uh, talking about, I guess, um, I always I'll say it. He uh, They're on vacation with a, another analyst and some guy came up to them apparently and he implied that they were all going to go to bed together with his wife. And then he talks about Patrick Sharp being a beautiful person and, and he would give it a go if he got the opportunity. Then he implied that himself and a fellow co-worker, Anson Carter, were ugly compared to Catherine, another analyst, and they suspended him definitely. They got upset at him before for using the F word. So I guess NBC, uh, in my opinion, they're not really, you know, really fundamental and factual about hockey, but I guess they're really sensitive when it comes to saying little things. Um, My breakdown of it, he didn't say anything bad. He didn't use anything racial he didn't use anything sexist he was just being jeremy ronick if, if anyone known like knows who he is uh google him uh he's just really outspoken I, I don't think he crossed any line at all he was just being himself uh, i think in today's society yeah you have to be careful what you say and it's just unfortunate for him because he, he was one of my favorite voices on nbc and one of the only ones that made sense um and now he's suspended indefinitely. And the way today's climate and society, I think, you know, he's probably going to lose his job over some stupid comments. And that weren't even bad. I listened to the show on Monday on Spit and Chicklets, and, and he didn't even say anything that made cringe worthy. He was just, he was holding back. It's kind of sad today. I, I, I always use the expression soft as cotton. I, I always feel that people just, it's, it just people just want to be offended by everything it's just one of those things it's unfortunate for him and and like i said today's society i guess uh you can't you have to walk on eggshells yeah i mean going on that last part i mean like you said we were doing the show and preparing and it came up last minute the whole thing about jeremy roenick uh i'm with you on that i think the problem now is before you could probably say a lot more stuff that you wanted to uh, whether it was considered offensive or not, you could joke around a lot more and you could do a, a lot of things like that. And now it's the pendulum has swung the other way. People are getting offended by every little thing you say. That's why I joked earlier about, you know, calling out Lemieux for not fighting Branson because he didn't want to fight him. And there's some words I could have used, but I mean, I don't know if I say those words then I don't know. I, I might be, you know, offending a certain group of people. So if you know what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, it's just unfortunate. I just feel like it's such a gray area now as far as when you're trying to say something or crack a joke. Um, you just, it's like you have to be careful now. You don't know who the audience is. Um, sometimes you say something funny and, and people laugh and they think it's funny. And then other times I, I've, I've myself have done it. I've said something and then someone got really upset at me when it was, uh, you know, just cracking a joke about something that, you know, a, a person took offense to where most people wouldn't. So um, it's unfortunate for him because, you know, he works for NBC and that's, you know, what he was doing. I mean, you and I do this show, and we do it for fun, you know, and it's kind of a thing that we, we do. We don't 
there's no one really to hold our feet to the fire. But I mean, we try to keep the show as professional as possible. We don't, you know, get too crazy on here. We do cuss once in a while, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. But I'm with you. I think that he uh, may not come back, which is unfortunate because, like you, Eddie, when I do watch the games on NBC, I do like him on their talking as a former player and and keeping it real and and diving into the way things happen on the ice, not just being, you know, some commentator that's barely played or never played or whatnot. So it's an unfortunate situation for him. We'll have to keep an eye on it and see what happens. Uh, as far as some of the other league news you covered, um, you know, with the Rangers and the Islanders, with Anderson and Hosang, you know, yeah, I don't know what's going on with those guys. I, I don't know what their issues are. There aren't people that the Ducks are going to be looking at, so I wouldn't really be worrying about that at all. As far as the all-star captains go, that wasn't really a surprise at all four of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that was going to happen. Um, I, I am interested to see what's going to happen with Taylor Hall because all that trade went down. We talked about Arizona and now how they have a you know a, a chance at being a contender in the playoffs and what they're going to do. So I, I hope he does resign uh, just for the sake of Arizona. Otherwise, I, I think that trade is kind of, you know, it's a rental and it's not really worth what they did. So... Uh, another thing that we'll keep an eye on, see what happens. So uh, that's a, pretty much going to wrap up the league news. Um, we're not really going to have a show for probably a little more than a week. Uh, we've got, uh, like I said, New Year's coming up. I'm going to be out of town. We're going to try and do one shortly after that, maybe a couple days after New Year's. So um, enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the, the holiday in general. Uh, hope you have a happy and safe one. We'll be back in a little more than a week. We appreciate the support from everybody that listens, and let's go Ducks!